This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... Broken Skull Sessions. Wrong. <laughs> what? Wrong. What? <laughs> wrong. Oh, God dang, I'm on the wrong show. You must be <laughs> looking for that other ball jackass. Oh. I'll go get him. Hold on. <clears throat> oh, there's Ronald. Oh, oh, this. What was Steven doing here? <laughs> I'm not sure. Where were we? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. The Creative Team. <laughs> I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, Ron Kilborn? Yeah, it's 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 always been me. It's uh <laughs> it's a beautiful day. We're we are on the heels of uh Halloween. Oh. Uh, yes, 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 yes. We're on the heels of a, a very nice Halloween. We actually got to spend it together. Yeah, we uh, did. We had some party interactions. I actually I actually did a people thing. Yeah, almost. I mean <laughs> I was there. You were there. You were there. They're just not dressed up. I I actually regretted uh, my costume. You know, Stone Cold wears very short shorts. I don't I don't know why yeah. he did that. I uh, I I was Olaf. Did you miss my costume? I did I? <laughs> you spend your life in a costume, I feel. Like yeah, cuz the cuz the outfits are so colorful and awesome, right. but I just feel yeah. like that's just your outfit. Yeah. Like so... even even your cousin's outfit got past me. Well, he he wasn't wearing a costume. Yes. He just had a toy hammer and said he was Thor. <laughs> and not even like a Thor hammer, just a regular like uh Bob the Builder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hammer. He said, You don't have a costume and he pulled out his pocket. No, I'm Thor. See? Hammer. <laughs> uh, uh but this week we're kind of enjoying our little bit of a first semi viral moment. As uh, they, uh, you know, all of our lovely fans helped us uh, send a video off viral. It just crossed over the ten thousand likes, and uh, we're we're inching towards one hundred and fifty thousand views. And uh, our social media like quadrupled in numbers of people following us. So uh, we may have a first time audience today, as well as our loyal fan base that's been following us. So. Yes, I, I'm. I'm pleasantly surprised, times. and you know, if if, if Stephen happens to return, he can give us more shit about ripping him off because you know we're riding the coattails with that very same person. It happens to <laughs> it happens to have yes, our commentary I, I, over it, but you know he is the subject. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, I I think this is uh, due in part to just you know fortunate timing on our part that DX reunion happened, and so DX videos are just kind of. And uh, this particular one, which uh, brilliantly edited, by the oh, way, thanks. Sir Ronald, and well done. And so, uh, yeah, 
Uh, hopefully, we got some first-time listeners now, and hopefully we don't shit today, shit the bed today with this wonderful subject, which you already punched. Oh, yes, on, yes, and we're going back to one of our classic episodes. We're going to top tens, and we have discussed the top ten heels of all time, but today we're going to discuss the top ten heel turns of all time. What was the big old kickoff to their heel run? Uh, I... I had a great time developing my 10. It was hard to let some go, uh, but I went with the ones that were kind of close to me, and then even the ones that weren't close to me that, you know, deserves to be on here just because of status and, you know, effect on the business. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. It's it's one of the, the best things that we love. Like, the heel turn is probably the most heated thing that can happen in wrestling, and we love heat, you know, uh, if 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 the heel can consistently raise the bar on the heat past the actual heel turn, that's that's impressive. Yes. But nine times out of ten, most of the average heel run, their peak heat is when they actually turn, and then just unfortunately, there's no epic follow through. So you can always count on the heel turn. Everyone likes a good old betrayal. Yeah, I mean because uh, realistically, and I, it's one of the things that gets lost in today's age of professional wrestling but personal issues are what sell goddamn tickets and pay-per-view buys ladies and gentlemen if you don't believe me all you have to do is go to the highest ufc buy rate in the history of that company is conor mcgregor conor mcgregor versus khabib right there they had video of them throwing chairs through bus windows and shit they, it's the only pay-per-view that's sold over 2 million buys in UFC history. Um, and, and so if you don't think that, that personal issues are what sell tickets regardless of the sport, like you just, I mean, rivalries in sports are always do bigger numbers. So when you have guys that are friends and one of them stabs their friend or brother or, you know, uh, boss, whatever, in the back, it creates emotion, and that's where wrestling is at its best. So today, the top 10 heel turns of all the times. So do you want to start, or do you want to let me start? I will absolutely go first, because I want to get this one out of the way, because in all in all seriousness, it probably shouldn't be on a list, but I th- because it's so new. But I think of... The cast of characters involved, and if you've been a wrestling fan since the 2000s, this should hit home. And it was probably the well, the most well-orchestrated thing this year as far as a heel turn goes because it was in front of the right crowd, it involved the right people, and it was definitely the better uh, father-son betrayals of the year between two companies. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Dominic Mysterio. This is the first time I've ever given a crap about the kid. Uh, they're doing it correctly. You know, and Rey Mysterio, it's been, you know, he is the most sympathetic underdog wrestler of all time, and you root for him, and like, you know, he, what do you, what are you going to sympathize with him about uh, a guy that's been through it all and has overcome everything? Well, how about his son kicking the shit out of him in front of 60,000 people? Uh, Let's do (laughs) that. And then all of a sudden saying that he's the second coming of Eddie Guerrero. He's a heat-seeking missile right now. And I'm, I'm, he's actually one of the reasons I like watching Raw, just because even though he looks like he's floundering out there, the crowd hates the subject matter so much, and they're giving him 
the proper reaction that really this kid should have. He's he's supposed to be the 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 kid that's in over his head that thinks he's hot shit. Uh, but yeah, I think this is one of the best heel turns in, in quite a while, and I want to use it as my number 10. I'm not mad at it at all, because I agree. Um, I was just about done with Dominic Mysterio being on television in general in any way, shape, or form. And then we got this awesome heel turn out of nowhere, just totally unexpected. Like, I think that's one of the main things that made this pop for me was that this was completely unexpected. Like nobody thought that this, you know, 20 year old kid was going to turn on his dad. I mean, and we lived through the Eddie Guerrero storyline. So we maybe should have seen this coming at some point, not but at did all. not. And it was delightful. It's been well done. I thought the Eddie Guerrero promo where he said, I'm this generation's Eddie Guerrero was brilliant i love the chemistry he has with rhea ripley like no i'm serious i went from not giving a shit like almost go away heat with dominic as a baby face to oh this is interesting i'll give this a chance like uh, in in five seconds you want to talk about the power of a heel turn you know look what it did for this kid in our eyes we were both like just whatever he's another person he's a freaking (laughs) he's a family hire all of a sudden, he holds weight on the show, I think. Absolutely. So, you went with super recent. I'm going to go back probably as far as we're ever going to go back in any subject matter ever uh, to the 70s. Where, I mean, the only the main reason I'm going with this one is because, like, this happened 50 years ago almost. And people are still talking about it as one of the greatest heel turns of all time. Larry Zabisco turning on Bruno San Martino. This was great. This was one of the first mainstream uh, times when you had your protege, because like Larry Zabisco was the up-and-coming kid. Bruno took him under his wing, and he was like, you know, his, his I mean, pretty much like, it, it's almost the same thing as right. Dominic and Ray, right? Except for that's his actual kid. Like, this is like his surrogate child that he's taken under his wing. And they were, you know, thick as thieves. And then Larry Zabisco turned on Bruno. And they did record numbers. They sold out Shea Stadium. I mean, they, like, lit the business on fire in the 70s with this storyline. It's one of the all-time great things. I, I mean, the matches are not don't hold up as well as you would like them to because, you know, Zabisco is one of the guys. He was back in the 70s. A lot of heels did the stall and, you know, they worked very slow and methodically. So, yeah, this might not be as exciting for for people that are newer fans. But if you go back and watch the promos, you watch the turn. It's brilliantly done. It's one of the all-time great storylines in wrestling history, and it's my number 10. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show how well a heel turn can work even even then because, like, the the matches that we're having today, you know, is is probably derived from the fact that the, the business isn't as protected anymore. It Back then, it was. You know, there, there was people that believed still. So, like, you can get away with having a slow, methodical match because people already bought in. Whereas, like, if everyone's if everyone's right. in on the gag, 
they're expected to see cooperation and just athletic craziness rather than believable fights and struggles. So to pull off a betrayal angle in front of people like that, uh, that means they really committed to it and, you know, and it had the people. But way before internet, way before, like, you know, uh, like, you know, this was like, Televisions, no, not not infancy. They, yeah, yeah. Te- television had been a while. Yeah, for, yeah, been but, around for a while. Yeah, a couple decades tops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, still. So, well, but here's the thing: this wasn't a nationally televised program either. Like when we see something like WrestleMania that takes place in a stadium nowadays, that's the whole world is going to that show. Like you're gonna have people mm-hmm. from 50 different countries and all 50 states, and it's gonna, you know, people go to this location. Selling out a stadium back in the 70s meant that you got 40,000 New Yorkers to come to your wrestling show, you know. And so, I mean, it's just insane how popular wrestling used to be uh, as compared to where it's at now. But that's a whole other subject matter. But that's it. This this heel turn got, you know, 40,000 people in one market to show up to a stadium and sell it out. And it's just insane personal issue sell and this was a personal issue we're gonna fast forward a little bit but also rewind a a bit too this was about 25 ish years ago this was during the attitude era uh this uh was out of nowhere for me i didn't see this heel turn coming at all nor did anyone else and nor did that crowd at the time (laughs) uh but this was uh the main event was triple h versus the rock in an i quit match Triple H is about to have The Rock say, I quit. All of a sudden, the corporation comes out. Kane comes out with the corporation. This is the when the corporation was like at its biggest. And they take China by the throat, and they lift her up to give her the choke slam. And they basically tell Triple H, if you don't say, I quit, she's going to go for a ride. And then Triple H just breaks and says, I quit. Forfeits his title shot. And the second he comes to her aid and tries to fend them off, China low blows Triple H and joins the corporation. It was heartbreaking. The freaking crowd went ape shit. That's my number nine. China turns on DX and goes with the corporation. Total bitch. Is what I felt when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an awesome one. It's one I don't remember. I remember that China and DX split at some point. Um and I remember her being separated from Triple H, but I did not remember this angle. So yeah, I'm an Attitude Era yeah. kid. Yeah, it's a, well, yeah, that's fair too. Like, I did not enjoy the Attitude Era as much as most people, and that was kind of the first time when I was checking in and out. Like, I never missed a pay per view, but I did not watch Raw on a weekly basis uh, during that period of time. I I did I. And really, since then, maybe from, like, WrestleMania 17 through 20 was the last era where I really watched Raw on a weekly basis. Until the last six weeks, you know, that Triple H has been in charge and my sister, Candice LeRae, has been on Monday Night Raw. I've actually watched Raw, like, six weeks in a row at this point, and so there's that. <laughs> yes, yes, no personal uh, no, no personal stake in that at all. Yeah, not, not whatsoever. It's just because it's a good product, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if it sucked, I'll tell you right now. If it sucked, I would just turn on Raw. I would fast forward to find my sister's stuff, and then I'd move on with my day. But I've actually watched Raw six, six weeks in a row, and probably 10 of the last 12 weeks, I've watched the majority, if not all, of Monday Night Raw. So, so I'm going <laughs> to give you a uh, 
an Attitude Era one as well. And this one oh, may right. be slightly surprising that this made my list of all lists, but I'm going with The Rock joining the Nation of Domination. Uh, I think mostly because just the historical significance of The Rock turning heel. Uh, I don't think we're getting any of this shit right now if they kept trying to cram the babyface Rocky Maivia down our throats. He may have been out of the business pretty quickly if they kept rolling with that babyface Rocky Maivia. And so him turning heel and, and getting that attitude, and then he started cutting the promos and everything, and that's when the rock in the third-person gimmick was born. Uh, I, it's great. It's really some great stuff. They're, the promos are, at that point, were not they hadn't gotten to the point where there were just 90 percent catchphrases um this might be for me the best run of the rock um other than maybe the heel turn after hogan which is not on my list so i'm okay with with talking about that i mean the for me this was a hard list because as we've gotten old you know gone through the progression of life these people flip-flop like fucking nobody's business like we could have done a top 10 big shows heel turns <laughs> i almost when, when when the original idea was just top 10 turns yes like and we were gonna do a mixed bag i almost did ten, one through yeah, 10, ten big, big shows <laughs> just for the trolling oh, oh. I, it's it's a decision i regret not making oh. now oh yeah, but it's cool because this way we get two episodes out of this instead of one episode yes. of turns. Um, yeah, yes, more content. Because once we started digging into this, we realized there's like 50 turns we could be discussing, and to cut it down to 10 would just, you know, be be dumb. We get to talk about oh, more sure. content this way. So For sure, and since we're here, you know, because uh, I don't have any, any rock on my list, but, uh, you know, The Rock is at three pivotal heel, heel turns because yeah. it, it was the initial – the initial heel turn when he went to the nation, and then once he left the nation and became a face, and then the second heel turn really elevated him when he won the title yeah. and became the corporate champion. Yeah. Oh, that was the shit. And then like he rode that wave all the way until he was movie star heel, which was arguably my favorite heel oh, run of the rock, sure. just because we got those because you could tell he was having fun, and we got those three. Oscar nominated fucking segments with the hurricane. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. That is that is like peak raw for me. I I, Just... I will say this too. <laughs> I you know that last the final heel run of the rock after after Hogan um it it may have saved the rock entirely in my in my purview of professional wrestling because the promos at that point were so unbelievably good and like I, the Rock for me had just kind of gotten stale in his last babyface run because it was literally ninety percent of his promo was just the catchphrases at that point, and it was like a rehearsed cut and paste, just change the city name and we're here, and and it got boring for me. And his in ring work isn't stellar by any means, and so that last heel run was so good. But it worked. That's the thing. Like, it may have gotten stale for some of us fans, but man, every time he came out there, it worked. That's why that babyface run lasted for so long because it worked. Oh, I yeah, I agree. I I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying for me, I I oh yeah I, that that last heel run like elevated him in my mind as as to his all time rankings in the wrestling business. Like before that, I would have. I mean, you were there. I would shit on the oh, rock yeah. every chance I had until that you last can, heel run. 
Is that what you think? You can wipe a cockatoo's ass with what you think. Yes, yes. It's the only animal the rock could think of. Oh, all right. Well, my number eight, uh, another Attitude Era moment. This was something that was completely out of nowhere for me. And the and it was one of those ones where, like, after it happened, the more I thought about it, the more I hated the person after it happened. It was when Stephanie McMahon turned on her father and actually joined Triple H, her husband. Uh, so it was so crazy how it happened because you watch her father literally get knocked out with a sledgehammer and she lets it happen and then makes out with the guy that does it. And then after it happens and I'm blown away by the finish of this match, I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute. So that means that the two of these people orchestrated her drugging and forced marriage left the other guy uh, at the altar, broke people's hearts on the way, made people worry about her like being kidnapped oh, and yeah. crazy shit like that, and all a big swerve, bro, at the end. I was like, this is like a conniving, evil person. And then the promo she cuts yeah. the next night, talking about how like she's the stronger McMahon and you're the weak one. How I can't believe you're my father. I was like, this is such a 180 from the damsel in distress we've been used to right. this entire year. So it was like, I didn't know she had it in her. I didn't know I can feel this visceral hatred for this little girl. So, yeah. Right. Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie McMahon was on my list as one of the top heels ever uh, on our episode in the archives for top 10 heels. So what better, you know, it's fitting that her heel turn in general made this list for me yeah so and, and especially when you break it down like that like literally she was cast as just this sweet innocent little girl you know that i mean it was it was and the way they played everything off was this was all damsel in distress she was getting kidnapped and she like he all of this was against her will and then for it to turn out that it was a master plan by her and hunter just is insane heat yeah i just wish yeah. that they did it to somebody other than vince because vince is not a heel or he's not a baby face no matter what he was doing at that time people were not gonna cheer for vince mcmahon it's so all they did was create three heels instead of one because <laughs> it didn't turn vince <laughs> No, that's why he had to go away after yeah. this. They could do one thing, one pivotal moment to turn Stephanie. And I don't know, that promo on him, it worked. Like, he was crying, yeah. and the audience just was booing the shit out of her. And then she would just go on to have, like, such a good sport of a heel run. Yeah. Like, just, she got she got totally annihilated when Chris Jericho got a hold of yeah. her as, a, as when he was a babyface. It was just, it, it created so many good memories. And she, like, took an ass beating, too, back when it was, like, acceptable to, to like, for the uh, women to work with men on physical stuff. Yeah. She would get pedigreed, stunned every night. Uh, I think she took a few tombstones. Uh, Vicky Guerrero threw her in a hog pen. <laughs> I mean, she, just like her father, is such a good sport on being the butt of the joke. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I love it. That's a great one. Um Okay, my number eight. Uh, and this file, this one under the, like, I did not see this coming at all. This was totally shocking. And this involves a family member of mine, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, turning on Johnny Gargano. This is, for me, the best heel turn in the last decade. Um, and, and then what followed, this is one of those times where the heel turn wasn't the highlight 
like what came after that was great and it, and i think a little bit had a, a little bit of it had to do with being unlucky be making luck because Tommaso in, blew out his knee during the ladder match before the turn so he's do mind you he's doing this on one good leg ladies and gentlemen when he absolutely eviscerates Johnny and beats the ever loving shit out of him um and so when he came back he was he, i mean he was a heat magnet and he came back with no music and even on social media he was just a dick he did and and uh just like a little bit knowing behind the scenes on this one this is at a point in his life where he's you know his wife is pregnant and they're about to have a kid and everything and he has to he keeps all of that under wraps doesn't put it on any of his social media doesn't share any of the good things that are going on in his life to purposely just be a heel all the time like uh they, they wouldn't even take pictures together during this period like if there were fans there they would not take pictures together you would have to take pictures with them separately and they'd be okay with that but I mean, this was one. I mean, this is one of those moments that, like, Tommaso legit was living with Candace Johnny. He moved out. Like, all of this happened at the same time. Like, that was part of the plan anyway. But they capitalized on all of this and made it part of the story. And this was one of the most brilliantly done storylines of the last ten years. And I'm not just saying that because it involves Johnny. Uh, this was great. This had me watching uh, wrestling on a weekly basis. This had people buzzing the internet wide. I mean, this was brilliantly done, and I'm. It's one of my favorite heel turn, heel turns of all time. Okay. <laughs> my number seven is Tommaso Ciampa on Johnny Gargano. I didn't want to stop you. You were on a roll. Uh, but you know, yes, this is legit my number seven. So that's awesome. Uh, I feel like this was the reason why this was so good was because they were having their tag matches. Uh, they, you know, they won the titles. It was, you know, it was like a, a Cinderella story. Like this was like the, this was like the group of guys were like, Oh, these guys really weren't meant to be here. They were just extras. And all of a sudden they got over like, and that's how the story was being portrayed yeah, to us. Yeah, and yeah. When they finally make it when they finally make it. And it's this feel-good moment, and then they lose the match to the Authors of Pain. We we just did not expect the 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 story to continue with a heel turn. Yeah, I like I was not expecting that, and I and I was so excited because it was like, oh, this is a, this is gonna be a main angle, and that means like these two are like mainstays on this show. Yeah. Not only mainstays, but like the main characters. <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah. This is and going th to be... this is their elevation right here. Absolutely. Exactly. And I remember like this is back when like it was like I was able to like, you know, message Candace when shit would happen and uh, she replied like phase one like complete. Like yeah. like this was like even like she was hinting that this is something big about to happen. And yeah. it did. It was like the biggest angle that NXT was ha probably was, has was, ever but... done in NXT. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely the the best story NXT put out, and and at the time it was probably the best story in wrestling. At oh, the time, for sure. As far as like as far as like a personal issue, and it just kept going. And the heel turn was so great that to your point about his injury, people waited. People yeah. didn't forget. People were clamoring for Johnny to get his comeuppance, even though he was the one still getting to participate in the ring, and Tommaso was out 
nursing an injury. So when he came back, it was like it was like it never it was like no time had passed. People were just as pissed as it was, as they were when it happened. It felt like yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah, because he came back with a big fuck you to Johnny as well. Like so he exactly. screwed him over again. Like it's just it's wonderful. It's great storytelling. It's I mean, it's as well it's as well done as wrestling can be. I mean, it, yes. <laughs> And, like, you know, matches today, they can't get three matches out of it. Like, they'll try to get three matches out of an angle, but it'd just be the same thing. These guys got three matches out of an angle and a cinematic match. Yes. And and it was all good. It was all good. I'm, I'm glad. I knew it was going to be on your list. I thought maybe another heel turn close to the family was going to be on this list. It might still be. Uh, but this one was, uh, was definitely going to be on my list because it was, like, one of the most recent ones that really got me. All right, my number seven, this one is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, this year is one of the years that uh, we can point to when people say, Bret Hart was boring. <laughs> well, go watch 1997 when Bret Hart turns on America and you tell me that he couldn't cut a promo. You tell me that he wasn't one of the best heels in the business after he'd already been the best babyface in all of wrestling for five years, and you can suck it. <laughs> Bret Hart turns Absolutely. on America, my number seven. Just great, great work. It is, I mean, as far as, as promos go, it's definitely uh, by it on its own the greatest run of Bret's career. But match-wise, two and ninety-seven, like I, I just I can't put Brett over enough with how how many careers he made in this in this era in this time frame. Like it's insane to me that anyone could ever say anything bad about about Bret Hart in general, other than he's you know a grouchy old man. Sometimes I can willingly admit that. But this run, this heel turn, this whole era of babyface in Canada heel in in america was just cutting edge ahead of its time and frankly this is probably the spark that set the business on fire in that era so absolutely and it definitely kept even brett from getting stale like you know it this was something that brett needed too and like not only did he really shut up the naysayers about his promo work it it actually elevated him yeah. like to, even to people that didn't think he needed any elevating, right? Like he was my he was my hero, <laughs> and and for him to say the shit he was saying, it even got me. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, but yeah. like I, but his matches never not never sucked. Like it, it, he always told the best story. His matches looked legitimate. He looked like he was getting his ass kicked, and he looked like he was kicking their ass. I just you know I can't say enough good things about Brett, and I'm gonna continue, uh, saying good things about Brett in this list. Yeah. Um. But before we get there, my number six, this is something that I didn't live through, but this is something that's undeniable. And when you go back and review it, you know, it's it's one of the great moments. And it was def it definitely was the catapult to the biggest business the WWF has ever done to this day. Uh, Andre turning heel and ripping the chain off Hulk Hogan on Piper's Pit, aligning himself with Bobby the Brain Heenan is pretty remarkable. It might be to the recent fans a little funny looking, but that you know, put yourself as a child in the eighties and just just kind of just kind of suspend disbelief and take yourself on that ride 
you know, even as someone that didn't live through it, reviewing it is such a cool moment. And then you have Hulk Hogan just toying with the idea of fighting his friend. And even when he finally accepts the challenge with his big fake old, yes! It's, it's, it's pro wrestling in the 80s. And it's like one of the biggest booms in wrestling and the biggest feud ever, the biggest match ever. Despite what you despite what you feel about it, bell to bell, I think it's a masterpiece, bell to bell. Despite yeah. what anyone of the work rate era people think, uh, it's all about box office, and you can't get any more box office than Andre yeah. and Hogan. It, I, and this heel turn was one of the biggest heel turns ever, literally and figuratively, because you had the attraction of all attractions, the babyface of all babyfaces, turning on the real American Hulk Hogan. Perfect. Yeah. The only, only thing I'm going to say about this now, uh, just to touch on something you just said, this is the number one reason that I have in this entire world to say that Dave Meltzer knows absolutely nothing about the wrestling <laughs> business. He's a complete fucking moron. He has the he has the WrestleMania match as like a negative three star match or whatever. Eat a dick. It's one of the all time great moments in wrestling history, and it's a fantastic match. For anyone who understands wrestling psychology and what we're actually trying to do, which is create emotions in human beings. So Dave Meltzer, eat a dick. Uh, this match is fucking amazing. And uh, we'll talk about five it again dicks. later. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, a, it's an eat five dicks match, fucking Meltzer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we got to rate things. Every Dave, every Dave Meltzer star rating, like say like, you know, he gives a Bret Hart two star match. That's really a, a Dave eats three dicks match. For every star he doesn't give a match is a dick he should eat. <laughs> so he needs to eat at least seven dicks on this Andre the Giant match because he went negative three. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, we're gonna we're gonna clip this and send it to him. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So speaking of record business, uh, this this turn led to the first big pay per view buy rate, and it was the record holder for WWF buy rates for a very long time. <clears throat> and that is when the Mega Powers exploded, when Randy Savage and this this storyline we've talked about it before is absolutely brilliantly done where you just start showing like little looks from randy savage where he's like what the fuck you doing bro like just a couple here and there and it just kept growing and building from there and finally savage has had enough of hogan's nonsense trying to steal his woman and he just lays this motherfucker out dents the belt on his head by the way mm -hmm. <laughs> and it led to the like I think it was until WrestleMania 16 or 14 where they finally broke this pay-per-view record uh, from WrestleMania 5. I mean, it was a good 9, 10 years where this was the record-setting pay-per-view for WWF. And uh, Savage is incredible always, but this, um, the Mega Powers exploding is, is just one of the great angles of all time. I mean, Hogan was there at WrestleMania 4, literally to like say hey this is the fucking guy i gotta go make a movie savage is the guy he's my guy you guys should love him too and and you know he fully got behind macho man so when he turned it was a huge deal and it led to big business for wwf yeah it's it's one of the it's one of the classic angles of all time because like the, the say what you want about you know 
and we did Andre and Hogan uh you know they they really like they really like told a lot of background story uh, on that and and that led to big business whereas this was a friendship that we saw on television we saw the good times we saw everything like we saw the relationship grow and grow and we saw the anointment of Randy we saw like how much of a good relationship he had Hogan had with him and his wife and that that showed through so for you to see like you know kind of like this tight niche family just implode over a misunderstanding and you just see somewhat you just you see somebody who has thoughts that someone should have but he's it's miscommunication and he's way too into his feelings right. and he just it takes it takes him over it's all understandable heat there is really no there's just an overprotective asshole and then an innocent guy that just has no right not no right no choice but to fight back yeah. for someone that's bringing a fight to him <clears throat> so i it's brilliantly done definitely definitely 80s as fuck uh but you know it's a storyline that they create that they try to recreate to this day the best friends always always betray each other you know and this was by all accounts like you know one of the one of the original uh best friend betrayal angles you know at, at least one of the in, big yeah, mainstream in mainstream ones. yeah in mainstream yeah. yeah absolutely so yeah the mega powers imploding definitely has a spot on the final list which brings me to my number five. Yes, okay. This one's going to be near and dear to our hearts as well. Uh, but this was an infamous moment where Owen Hart kicks Brett's leg out of his leg. Uh, and that's how he puts it in his promo afterwards. He kicks this, I'm going to kick your leg out of your leg. <laughs> oh, yes. Review it. 1994 Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen. The Quebecers versus Owen and Bret Hart. Bret Hart, all he had to do was tag Owen, but he was too selfish. He wanted to try to win the match on his own, even on one leg. So Owen, frustrated little brother in the big brother shadow, kicks his leg out of his leg. And it was such a sad heel turn because they were having tension between the two uh, at Survivor Series earlier that year when Owen Hart was the only Hart to get eliminated from the team. And, you know, it's just, you know, they, they patched things up. They got back together. They're going to win the tag team titles. And then when they don't win the tag team titles, you just see a very, like, understandably frustrated little brother take it out on his big brother, who, you know, is, by all accounts, injured. And this was this was a very risky, you know, storyline to do because I don't think they've done the whole brother versus brother thing, uh, WWF. Uh, and it was done masterfully. Uh, to your point about Gargano and Ciampa, these two also did the whole don't talk to me. Let's pretend we're, we hate each yeah. other. Let's not, let's not be on the same flight. Let's make sure our flights are separate. They really committed to this. And like, this was something that I was really invested in as a child. So my number five, same Z's Owen yes. Hart turning on Bret Hart. Uh, this was the first major heel turn of my actual fandom. So, like, I started at the end of 92. Brett's already the champion. And uh, so this was, like, the first time somebody stabbed my hero in the back. And it was his own little brother. And it's one of those angles where I think anyone with siblings can kind of buy into this and understand. And it, and it even makes... And so this is one of those where... Now, nowadays, it would definitely be a tweener gimmick um, to turn on your brother because, like, 
a lot of younger siblings could relate. A lot of older siblings could, you know, would would be on Brett's side because Brett really never did anything wrong other than maybe just doubt his little brother, which I think is something that, you know, all of us can be guilty of. You know, you, you, you know, you're you're protective of your younger siblings and sometimes it turns into you uh, holding them down as opposed to uh, raising them up. And so it's just it's such a, a brilliantly done storyline and uh, their feud that followed is some of the greatest matches in the history of the wrestling business. Um, I think it was the first five star match from Meltzer since WrestleMania three. So, I mean, even, you know, the guy who likes that kind of thing uh, couldn't deny how great that match was. And then it's they had one of the most brilliant cage matches in Big Blue there in WWE history. So, I mean, it's it's still to this day like strikes a chord with me uh, because this really was my first major heel turn in my wrestling fandom. So, Brett and Owen. Yeah, it was the storyline when I broke into being a wrestling fan. It was the it was the topic that was on television when I first turned on the TV and wrestling was on. So it was like how it was the greatest first impression you can have as far as like, oh, this is the type of stories they yeah. tell here. So it, it was, I never looked back, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this, uh, I'm glad that we're talking about this because by all accounts, you know, if we were making a personal list instead of trying to be somewhat factual on this list, this would be number one just because of where it got me to just as a fan. You know, I, <laughs> if, if, you know, the Undertaker thing was happening, sure, and I loved that to death, but this kept me tuning in. Like, this was, like, the serious part. Like, oh, what's going to happen between these two? These, This was worth watching scrambled uh, pay-per-views. Yes. <laughs> Trying to see what would happen. But, yeah, can't, can't, uh, can't talk about this uh, moment enough. So I'm glad it's officially making the final list because we're samesies on it. So my number four is going to be near and dear to your heart based on location because this takes place in a barber shop <laughs> and for my money this heel turn catapulted a performer that benefits the industry to this day by creating and molding the minds of performers that we're going to see in the future this was the heel turn that allowed us to see the character that would become the greatest performer of all time, or at least well-regarded is that. And I'm talking about Shawn Michaels turning on Marty Jannetty, throwing his face through the barbershop glass, and starting the era of the Heartbreak Kid. And <laughs> the rest is history, I'm afraid. Like, like, what else can you say? Like, that was... If you want to talk about just heel turns and what they can accomplish, this made a guy, and it never stopped. Neat. <laughs> so we'll talk about that in a few minutes. <clears throat> I'm sure yeah. we will. So my number four, um, and this is one of those, uh, you know, I mentioned that Bret Hart's heel turn kind of was, was the spark. It's either that or it's this moment right here where Hulk Hogan is the third man in the NWO uh, finally, we get Hogan turning heel on Macho Man this time. 
Um, and, and again, it just set the business on fire for WCW. Um, I've never seen a crowd just pelting the performers in the ring with stuff. I mean, and this was not planned or, you know, the, the, at least the, the throwing of trash and batteries and shit at these guys was not planted. It wasn't something they planned on. This was, and it wasn't go away heat. This was genuine human disgust on display right here for the world to see as the fans just threw anything they could get their hands on at these three men standing in the ring, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. And it changed the just the entire landscape of professional wrestling. WCW had been a failing business for a decade before this moment. And then in one year, they made like $80 million profit after this angle. I mean, a company that had never made $1 before made just millions and millions of dollars in one year. So, I mean, I, you can't do much better than Hogan is the third man. My number three is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, this, uh, this, I don't care. Uh, I was, I was 10. This made me straight up cry in front of my television. Uh, and you'll know why just based on the cast of characters and, you know, watching it today, you know, I don't care. It still holds up. It brings me back and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <sighs> you can see it on my head, Cole. But when Paul Bear turned on the Undertaker, turned his back on him, wouldn't hand him the urn, the look on Taker's face where, like, the dead man that I thought had no emotion actually showed sadness on his face before he, getting the mandible claw put on him and then Paul Bear holding up the urn and bashing Taker's face with it. It was the most surreal, fucked up things my 10-year-old ass saw. I never thought it would happen. I never saw it coming. I thought that duo was never going to split up. And it just crushed me. And, and that this one's so high up on the list. It's probably this this heel turn didn't set the world on fire, but I'm going straight by feelings and what a moment could like do to a person that's actually invested yeah. in the show mm -hmm. that they're watching. Yeah. And you know, I put this up there with like Game of Thrones fans out there. This was the red wedding for me. <laughs> <laughs> this like as the night when we all felt that night of the red wedding. This was the red wedding. Paul Bear turning on Undertaker fucked me up for weeks. Uh, yeah, solid number three for me. No, that's a great one. It's one I didn't have on my list, but absolutely, uh, I agree. You would think Taker and Paul Bearer were married until Paul Bearer couldn't do this anymore. And so when he turned and went with Mankind, it was absolutely crazy. And this was like a this storyline lasted years and it brought us Kane. So like, yep. this was a huge moment in wrestling history, uh, regardless of whether that singular moment led to anything, you know, a huge fan swell. Um, I would be willing to say that this is one for the final list because of everything that came be after it. I, I would definitely say we could, we could keep that going forward, even though it's not on my list. Oh, yes. <laughs>
So my number three, <clears throat> this to me, I think is the, maybe the greatest angle specifically that was a heel turn because it was so shocking and so, even though it was, they had kind of built up the tensions for this for a while, for months, uh, this moment is so iconic that I literally just saw the New Day reenacting it this week on social media. And it is Shawn Michaels turning on Marty Jannetty in the barbershop. Well, you know, it, yes. it's this was, I think, just in this moment right there, you can look and see everything that you needed to see out of Shawn Michaels to know he was going to be a huge star. Like this moment just for me put a stamp on it right away. This guy's a fucking star and everyone should pay attention and take note because he's going to be the world champion someday. And I mean, it's so brilliantly done when, when they're posturing and Sean just like, all right, we shake hands and they raise hands together. And then Sean's face just does just a little fucking, you know, just slight that, that little smirk. And he kicks the, you know, kicks Janetti's head off and then throws him through the plate glass window. Insane. Great storyline. Very well done. I wish, I wish, like, the only thing I wish on this is that Marty Jannetty could have kept his demons under control, and so we could have got a better payoff off of this, because I think this angle would have created two stars, um, because Marty was incredible as well. Um, but Sean was head and shoulders the star that was created by this. And like you said, it led to 20 years of one, arguably the great, the best professional wrestler of all time. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad it's making the final list. How could it not? It's one of the most epic heel turns in history and going with the theme of the most epic heel turns in history, my number two, and this was tough uh, choosing between number one and number two, but you know, uh, I'll explain my reasoning soon. I'm sure. But uh, my number two is another one that is going to be close to our hearts. <laughs> uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a shirt one day. Uh, but WrestleMania 13, the iconic double turn uh, between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This to me, you know, is probably the most well orchestrated, brilliantly performed heel turns based on the mannerisms of the people in a match. This is as perfect as it can get when it comes to using the art of professional wrestling to tell a story. You know, no one needed to get on a mic. Nobody needed to be best friends and betray somebody. We had a good guy entering a ring and a bad guy entering a ring. And then when the bell rang and everyone was walking away, the bad guy was the good guy and the good guy was the bad guy. And we all got it. Yeah. We all paid attention and knew exactly what they were feeding us. Nobody had to spell it out for us. Yeah. It was so well done and perfectly performed by two of the best storytellers that this business has ever seen. And one, if not the best, pro wrestling performer of all time that can literally take anybody, anybody, and give them the best match of their lives with just mannerisms like he's already the excellence of execution yeah. he can do all the moves if you go and really pay attention to bret hart he does all the little things a big box office draw will do 
while yeah. doing the technical moves. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and and he and he everything is so intricate that even the people with critical eyes miss shit. Yes, and that's a fact. Uh, it's you cannot speak highly enough about Brett's bell to bell talents, and it's it's on full display in this match. And it and it bur- no one's been able to recreate a double turn like this no. ever. No, Not, it'll never happen again. And I'm pretty sure people are capable of it, but it hasn't been pulled off this well since, and people have tried. <laughs> uh, so solid number two for me. Can't wait to explain my number one. Yeah, so yes, your number two created the greatest babyface in professional wrestling history. And and I talked about Brett turns on America. It's all the same angle here. So I, right. you know, so so that we're not cutting semantics. We're going to label that the same thing. In the final list, it's definitely making the list. Um, so I'm right there with you. This is one of the greatest moments ever. I just feel like the Austin babyface turn was way bigger than the Brett heel turn on this one. Um, mm-hmm. With the double, but but it's the greatest double turn in his wrestling history. I agree. The only thing since this has happened that's come even close is when Candice and Johnny turned on Tommaso at the end of that angle. And I'm not just saying that because they're family. I'm saying that because it was brilliant. It was completely unexpected. And But they did it the other way. They went with total dirty, underhanded, you know, we masterminded this whole thing. Whereas Brett and Austin, it just be, Austin didn't change. Brett really didn't change much other than he just let his frustrations out. And he finally just got fed up. And so this was like, this one is so great because it was just a natural thing. They didn't do this big angle to double switch them. They didn't do anything crazy. It just happened in the natural course of one wrestling match, let alone, (laughs) like, it's so amazing and so brilliant. My number two created the biggest heel in the history of the professional wrestling business. And that is Vince screws Bret Hart and the creation of the Mr. McMahon persona that comes out of the Montreal screw job. Um, it's, I mean, we've talked about the Montreal screw job. Everyone's talked about the Montreal screw job, you know, for since it happened. So for 25 years now, everyone's covered this. Everyone's talked about it. And the reason is it's just one of the most shocking moments ever. It was one of those moments where even like even to this day, there are people that still aren't sure whether it's a full work or a shoot. Um, those people, I think, are silly. But that's how yeah, good who, this was. Would... It didn't like expose the business even. Well, no. Let's 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 stay on the whole. Is it a work thing? Like, just like, what? Who? How does Bret Hart benefit off of that? How did he benefit off of that? Uh, how did he benefit off that? He got paid three million dollars a year to go to WCW. <sighs> but and is and that... it set the WWF on fire, and it it basically put WCW out of business. So Bret got paid a shit ton of money to go do pretty much nothing at WCW. It set WWF on fire, and then it would have left. If if I think if Brett didn't get injured, then maybe we could have, you know, he would have been back. 
in WWF long before he was without the Goldberg stuff. If this was a work, but <laughs> if, yeah. so I can see where if you're willing to bend the laws of logic and physics, you could make this out to be a work just because realistically it worked out for the both of them as far as monetarily. And then Brett ended up signing a 20 year contract or whatever later in life with WWF. He's still got a legends deal. He got to come back. And so it all worked out in the end, sort of. But other than, you know, fucking Goldberg. Yeah. It happens. Sure does happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, Vince Vince turning didn't really make my list, but I thought about it long and hard, and it should probably make the final list just because that moment is one of those undeniable moments. Yeah. But, like, I, I really tried to stick with, like, calculated, written heel turns. Like, this was supposed to happen this the this was meant to make this person a bad guy moving forward whereas like the montreal screw job you know assuming this wasn't a work yeah yeah now you're putting that you're putting that in people's heads we're gonna be conspiracy <laughs> theorists now uh so like you know this was just something that man had to do and then that freaking interview he actually thought he i was know explaining himself. i know that's the best he, part he did that and, shit heel promo and thought he was the baby face in this whole deal <laughs> And and honestly, it, you go to any wrestling school, anybody who knows a damn about wrestling, all the greatest heels think they're doing right. right. So it did, and you know, it it did spark like one of the greatest heels of all time. And luckily, luckily, it was attached to a man that can hold that title and maintain it. Because my God, the heel run he went on was world class. Like you, it's. Un- it's really unattainable. You can't get that kind of heat again. It's to the point where I I really feel like this 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 Montreal screw job still even though this was a shoot and then everything that happened after it where Vince McMahon the character was a work, I still feel like this moment is a huge factor in the internet hatred of Vince McMahon. Like they, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, he's overbearing, and he ha- and we have, all- we hear all these rumors about things Vince thinks and feels, and it kind of is reflected on their TV product. But I feel like even then, just like him being a heel and this whole angle still warps the perception of Vince McMahon. Is that's how well this played out? Absolutely, and you know, it, it even like prov- peeled back the curtain for me because, to my knowledge, he was just the announcer. Right. You know, he, they, they did a good job of shielding him from, like, the younger public of, like, who he actually is to the company. I thought he was just the announcer. <laughs> I thought Jack Tunney was the owner. Right, yeah. Like, he was, oh, this, he's the guy this is the guy they call. Yeah, this is the guy they call when the shit needs to be done. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm all for that making the final list just because it's one of the most undeniable heel runs of all time, uh, despite maybe my weird criteria for what makes a heel turn. Uh but my number one, I and this is gonna make the final list. I'm sure. Uh, well, definitely because you already had it. But this for me is the heel turn that not only saved somebody's career, it saved a company's career, it saved the industry. I think this was during the times where water was getting repossessed out of the offices at WWE, and you got on the other channel something happening that you never thought was ever going to happen. The real American has donned black and white, and he became Hollywood Hogan, 
and he cuts that visceral promo on how he made wrestling. He is wrestling. Wrestling wouldn't be where it is today without him. And he had, and at the time, 1996, a lot of that can't be argued. You know, he had a point. You know, the, the best heels think they're think they're right. So he actually had probably 50% gripe. You can kind of get what he was saying. But the fact that he would align himself with two outsiders and be the ultimate good guy and just betray his morals and everything and become this character, this moment, it was like the starting point of like the biggest boom wrestling would have to this day. You know, it, it pushed McMahon to get edgier on his TV product, which birthed angles like the double turn at WrestleMania, which birthed angles like <laughs> Bret Hart turning his back on America, DX. Like, it forced McMahon's hand to be edgy again, who, quite frankly, was afraid to be edgy again ever since the the freaking Sergeant Slaughter thing and, and the steroid trial. It, it, he was afraid to dip his toe in the water and piss anybody off. Then he sees his biggest creation do that on the other channel, and it actually forces his hand to really double down on the what would become the Attitude Era. I think this is the most important heel turn ever. It's, I don't think it's going to be topped unless unless Cena <laughs> unless Cena does yes. it someday. I don't think I don't think this will be touched in my in my opinion. I, I'm I'm with you there. I, I agree with everything you said. It saved I mean, it really did. The wrestling business was kind of where it, it was five years ago, honestly. Uh, it, it, as we are today, where it just wasn't that interesting. People weren't talking about it. You know, the, the people were leaving rest, professional wrestling in droves. I mean, neither company was selling house show tickets at the time. Um, and like you said, like Vince literally took the water jugs out of Titan Towers uh, to save money. Like that's how that's how tight things were getting at WWF and WCW. Like we said, had never made a dollar of profit since the eighties, and here we are in nineteen ninety six, and finally uh, Hogan joining the NWO. It did. It set the business on fire. It was the Attitude Era and everything that followed it was amazing and people have been trying to recreate this era for 25 years now i mean frank i mean that's just that's what happened to the business the last 20 years is we had these big mega stars that did these big mega angles and it turned into fucking w you know vince mcmahon became a billionaire off of these three years of professional wrestling and wcw you know, launched into a completely different tax bracket and became a big deal. And they were doing stadium shows and they were, <laughs> you know, they beat, they beat Vince McMahon 83 weeks in a row in the ratings. So it's absolutely arguably one of the top five moments period in wrestling history, but I have no problem with it being on top of your list. Um, my number one, because I think none of this today is anywhere close to where it was. I don't think we even get an Attitude Era. I don't think we get those stars. If not for Andre the Giant turning heel on Hulk Hogan with Bobby Heenan involved uh, to cut the promo on Andre's behalf. With Andre just stoically standing there after he had been everyone's lovable giant for 
15 years, never lost, at least on WWF television, um, and was Hogan's buddy. He was his pal. In fact, he, you know, when Hogan was a heel a few years earlier in 80 and 81, Andre and Hogan sold out stadium shows with, you know, with Andre as a babyface. And so Andre to turn on Hogan to sell 93,000 tickets to WrestleMania 3 and to do the highest recorded rating in television history, 30 million viewers for the rematch. Um, I, I, I just, I, we can't overstate enough how important this, this heel turn was to the existence and pop, you know, mainstream popularization of professional wrestling in general. So for me, that's why it's my number one, but it's, you know, the same as for all the reasons that the, uh, Hogan is the third man is your number one. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean that, and that match, that match too, it gets a bad rap, but clearly, you know, we've established today that it's a seven and a half dick match. <laughs> I think my math's right on that. <laughs> so this is great because we, as we've gone along through the list, we each gave each other, each other one or two. We agreed on quite a lot. So we have nine right now already we have a top nine we just need one more one more turn to fill this list up so we match we matched on hogan we match on brett uh paul was a give me yes we matched on hbk we matched on owen we matched on andre we matched on champa uh, I gave you uh the mega powers. Yes, and you also you also said Vince screws Brett. So Vince, I will give. Yes. If you want to go ahead and give yourself one more, I'm right. Okay. There. Well, well, that means the last uh, out of the ones I have left are Stephanie, China, and Dominic. Now, of the three, I would probably go with Stephanie. One honorable mention, this almost made my list. It was my number 10 before I just went with Dominic. But uh, when Tatanka sold out and joined the Million Dollar Man, <laughs> that was pretty heartbreaking for me because uh, for, like, months, he was accusing Lex Luger of selling out to Million right. Dollar Man. He was like, no, no, I don't trust you. You're in it for the money. You're going you're, you're gonna to turn, turn on America. You're going you're gonna to join the Million Dollar Man. I know you. I know you, because Million Dollar Man was, like, trying to buy Lex Luger, and Tatanka thought, like, you know, he was actually taking the money and, and all that stuff. And turns out, at the end of their match at SummerSlam, he actually was the one that sold out the whole time. He's the one that's been taking Million Dollar Man's money the whole time. Tatanka sells out. I almost made, it almost made the list. It should have. Well, it's good to talk about. I like it as an honorable mention. But again, that's just going down to our fandom and our childhood and stuff that affected us. As kids. And plus, we're um, on the road to Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're on the road to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, by all accounts, history-wise, is probably one of the biggest heel turns in history itself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh. That's a grim pill for us to swallow. Pilgrim? Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh. Start the show pontificating. Got to end the show pontificating. You're always on brand, Ronald. Always. Well, actually, brand. actually, Steve Steven started the show today. Yes, yes, that's true. 
So, all right, we have a top 10. All right, well, uh, let me dust off my vocal cords here. 10! Stephanie McMahon turns on her father, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. 9. Paul Bearer turns on The Undertaker. 8. The Mega Powers explode. Randy Savage turns on Hulk Hogan. 7. Vince screws Brett and gives birth to the Mr. McMahon character. 6. Tommaso Ciampa turns on Johnny Gargano. 5. Owen Hart kicks the leg off of the leg of his brother, Brett the Hitman Hart. Four. Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Three. Andre the Giant turns on Hulk Hogan. Two. WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart double turn and turns his back on America. One. Hulk Hogan is the third man. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. The official creative team top 10 heel turn of all time. Yes, yes. And by the time I enter the garage, I'm going to be a high heel. Oh, well, that's going to do it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Join us in the following weeks where we have a draft and the gobbledygooker coming up for you on the Creative Team Podcast. So for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. Team.